AgriTalk is brought to you by Full Scale from Helena. Grow Strong returns this season with breakthrough foliar nutrition from Full Scale at Reproduction. And by Propane. Propane is the energy for everyone, especially farmers. Environmentally friendly propane can fuel most anything on the farm. See how at propane.com. Corn and wheat futures traded higher on global supply concerns for the year ahead. Soybean meal pulled beans to the upside with support from crop stress in Argentina. The cattle complex pushed higher on supply concerns. And lean hogs rallied because, well, I guess because they must be done going down, at least for today. Live from Monday the 13th. Via Farm Journal broadcast, this is AgriTalk. This afternoon, we'll talk with Darren Fry from Water Street Solutions. Later, Kerry Artek from ArtekAdvisory.com. And right after the news, Jack Scoville from the Price Futures Group. I'm handsome newsman Davis Michelson. Now, welcome the host of AgriTalk, Jeff Flory. All right, Davis. Thank you very much, buddy. How are you doing today? Everything, oh. uh, the, the recovery from last night's game is... is you, you, you okay now? Is everything Everything right? is underway. Yes. Everything is, uh, is just fine. Um, yeah. Quite the, uh, quite the stunning go. victory last there night. There you go. Yeah. 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 Now, just how confident were you when they set up for that, you know, I guess you'd call it last second field goal after he had missed a field goal earlier in the game? You know, when, uh, when What's-His-Face took the uh, handoff and was just, <laughs> inches away from the goal line yeah. and decided you know what we're playing the clock i'm going yeah. down i'm yeah. not going to score the touchdown here we're going to yeah. play the clock yeah <laughs> after banking one off the upright earlier in the game <laughs> <laughs> she was a nail biter brother yeah no doubt no doubt about it it uh it was a good game it was a good game not without Loved controversy uh-huh. but nonetheless it was uh it was a good game congratulations to the Chiefs and to mm-hmm. all of you that listened to Friday's free for all mm-hmm. and said thanks for jinxing us because you picked the the Chiefs uh, and because you were picking the Chiefs. Well, I wasn't going to go against you, uh, but uh, Haney Appreciate picked that. the Chiefs. Mm-hmm. Tom Sell picked the Chiefs. We were unanimous with the Chiefs. And then when they ran the experts up there on all these football shows mm-hmm. leading up to it, everybody's picking the Eagles. Yeah, with your fancy book learning. That's right. What you we want to do is no follow a bunch learning. of farm boy idiots out yeah. here. Yeah. We'll tell you who's going to win the game. <laughs> I'll tell you who else. I'll tell you who else is going to win the game. I went way out on a limb this morning in the show. I'm doing yeah. it again. Yeah. Royals, World Series. Yeah. See, place I, I your think, bets right now. I, I think maybe you should. Uh, nope. Uh, no? Okay. All right. Nope. You, nope. You're going for it. You're going for it. I will not it. be moved. Yep. Nope. All right. What you got <laughs> the news, man? Chip March SRW wheat futures opened to slightly higher, fell back to test the upside breakout area just above 775, then rally back to close above resistance at yesterday's high, uh, at Friday's high, excuse me, and at the highest level since November 30. Uncertainty about supplies out of the Black Sea region is again escalating after Russian officials said it would be inappropriate to extend the grain export deal unless sanctions on Russian ag exports are lifted. USDA reported export inspections of wheat in the weekend of February 9 totaled just over 472,000 metric tons. That was in line with trade expectations. March hard red winter wheat futures were three and one quarter cents higher, 9.12 and one quarter. March SRW wheat up six cents, 7.92. 
March spring wheat closed at 9.30 and three quarters. That's up a whole half a cent, Chip. Yeah, that March SRW contract is at uh, closed at the same level as we closed on December 30th. So I, it doesn't have much work to do to get up to that November 30 high close. Mm. But it we've got a pattern now since, you know, since uh, late January where the market is working up with higher highs and higher lows. Well, Chip, March corn futures opened slightly lower, slipped to test buying interest just under the 680 level, then rallied to post a high-range close. Corn planting delays in Brazil providing uh, provided some support for corn prices. Mato Grosso has about 34% of a second corn crop planted. That's behind the average of 48.5% as of February 10. Export inspections of corn in the weekend of February 9 totaled nearly 512,000 metric tons. That was also in line with trade expectations. And Chip, as with wheat, uncertainty over supplies out of the Black Sea limited selling. March corn futures were four and a half cents higher, 685. May corn up four cents, 682 and one quarter. July corn futures closed at 669 and one quarter, up two and three quarter cents. February 24th is the anniversary, the one year anniversary of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. And there's a little bit of uncertainty over whether or not you. Russia may ramp up or or ratchet higher its aggression. Well, ongoing drought stress in Argentina helped soybean meal futures post a new contract high and a new contract high close. That helped to support soybean prices. Rains also continued to fall over key production areas with harvest-ready beans, and traders are beginning to question the quality of those saturated beans. The Brazilian bean harvest was 17% complete as of last week, which is behind the five-year average pace and compares to last year's harvest of 24% complete at this time. Export inspections of soybeans in the weekend of February 9 totaled 1.555 million metric tons. That was in the top half of trade expectations. March soybean futures opened fractionally lower, rallied to trade above 1550 for the first time since June 13, then fell back to close just fractionally higher. March beans a quarter of a penny higher, 1542 and three quarter. May beans up two and a half cents, fifteen thirty-six. July soybeans closed at fifteen twenty-five and one half. That's up three cents today, Chip. All right, yeah. March soybean meal today closed four dollars and sixty cents higher. That was oh. at five hundred and four dollars a ton. And uh, March soybean oil forty points higher at sixty fourteen cents per pound. So uh, some. The, the spreaders are still very active in there. We'll get to the livestock when uh, when we start the next segment there. All right, sure. buddy? You bet. All right. Right now, let's bring in Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. How you doing, Jack? Hey, it's a fabulous Monday here in Chicago, so I'm doing fine. Excellent. Got a little sunshine over there? A little sunshine and quite a little bit of temperature going on. It's, it's very warm out, at least Excellent. for February it is. Yeah, yeah. We're sitting here 45 degrees. I mean, I opened up the windows a little bit to get some fresh air in the house. That's what 45 degrees feels like right now. So, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, what do you like about what's going on in the grain markets right now, Jack? Oh, just about everything. If you're if you're trying to be bullish, it's it's been, you know, we commented last week how well the market was holding, and now it's uh, starting to put up turn, uh, upside together. Uh, beans coming even with the Brazil harvest going on, so that's a positive factor here. 
eventually it's going to give up. But uh, boy, it's it's looking good for right now. And the wheat market still a headline driven market with the Russians uh, kind of picking up the pace in Ukraine. Yep. And uh, corn kind of tagging along for the ride, I guess. Yeah, but uh, yeah. definitely we're definitely we're pricing ourselves into the corn market again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's something interesting. And the and the dollar index really didn't hurt us too much today either, did it? No, not at all. In fact, the dollar has been one of the reasons why we've been uh, pricing ourselves back into the corn. Yeah. Uh, Real has been firming up against the dollar. Of course, the dollar has been weakening against everything else too. So, all of a sudden, our corn prices are getting very competitive. Uh, getting past the guts lot for the for the Brazilian and Argentines anyway, and with the uh, weak summer forecast for production coming out of southern Brazil and Argentina, they're not going to have a whole lot of corn. Uh, uh, maybe maybe in another couple months to to add on to the total. So, corn's got some upside. Awesome, awesome. All right, Jack. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you again next week. Okay, great. All right, thank you. That is Jack Scoville, Price Futures Group. Coming up next, Darren Fry, Water Street Solutions, right here on Agritalk. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. In the morning, you're coffeeed up and you're thinking. In the afternoon, you've calmed down, but you're still thinking. We're here all day. Agritalk. Welcome back to Agritalk. I'm your host, Chip. Glad that you are with us today. We've got, Did that guy uh, just say he came back to town to marry his second cousin? Did I catch I know, that right? That's that's not what he said. That, okay, that's not what he said. Pretty sure that's no. what he said. That I don't know not what right? he said, but I'm sure he didn't say that. I think he did. Producer yeah. Joe, can we check that? Uh, something about Connie. That's not okay. what we're about. No, no, not at all. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Chip. That is Davis. We're getting Hello. ready for a conversation with Darren. Uh, before we get to Darren, though, let's go ahead and finish up the news, uh, Davis. Well, Chip, March cotton was 37 points higher today at 85.64. And quickly on your live stocks, we've got April fat cattle 115 higher, 165.10. June fats gained 67 and one half to close at 160.42 and a half. And March feeders were 80 cents higher, 187.20. And April lean hog futures opened at Friday's high and at the low of the day and rallied sharply to close near session highs 
April hogs three dollars two and a half cents higher chip eighty six thirty five June hogs jumped two dollars sixty to one oh four twenty five look at them hogs go yeah. yeah absolutely well April cattle new contract high new contract high close it's uh well I'll be darned, yeah big move it was a big move in the cattle market today mm. expectations that that the packers beef packers are just going to have to bid up for some supplies here in the short term to uh to cover all of their needs it's got some support in the market so all right let's get to darren fry water street solutions darren it's good to talk with you again how are you hey i'm doing great how are you guys doing just fine just fine y'all charged up and ready to go again I am. I certainly am. Excellent. Excellent. So what have you been hearing from clients, Darren? What are they talking about? Well, I would say that, um, you know, overall clients are very happy with the last year and a half, two years of just, you know, prices in agriculture. You know, we've had decent yields in the east and great prices. And uh, West had a pretty tough time this last year with dry land and some of the areas that were droughty. Mm -hmm. But overall, the price structures really help farm income, and I would say guys have a pretty good outlook here as we move into 23, um, even though, you know, there's some concern over what price they're going to do and do we have a recession and those type of things. But they're sitting on some really good working capital, and I think they're pretty happy overall. Okay. The margins, the margin squeeze, it's happening in 2023, but there's still a positive return to grab out there, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there is. Um, I, I think that the 23 will be fine. I think as we get into 24, it might be, you know, even tighter just because when you see prices go up as they have from 2020 till, you know, today's prices, uh, obviously inputs lag and they lag maybe nine months behind. But when we finally do roll over and we got a big South American crop coming, we think, in Brazil, here at least for soybeans, know some trouble in Argentina here recently with all the drought. But, you know, if we see prices start to move lower, um, those input costs will trail not nine months, but more like 12 to 18. And some inputs never really get back to where they started from. So yeah. I think that margin compression uh, will be somewhat felt in 23, but more so in 24. Okay. And if, if more so in 24, it feels to me like you're talking about the start of a trend. Uh, where if we have normal yeah. production, it's going to be hard to bust out of that for a little while. That's right. And I'm assuming that we're going to have, you know, normal production. I mean, I have to assume that with La Nina kind of letting go a little bit, maybe we're going to get into more of an Enso neutral or even a little weak El Nino. And that could be pretty positive for our yields here in the United States in 23. And I don't think the corn... You know, the corn's just not facing as much tightness as it was a year ago. I mean, if we confirm big crops in the Northern Hemisphere, certainly uh, we're going to loosen up these balance sheets a lot as we move into the fall of 23. Okay. You know, one of the things, and you already mentioned it. I mean, this is, you spurred the thought here without question, Darren. Uh, but I, but, but I'm, I've got a half a dozen different voices in my ears right now. And they're all telling me, Chip, you don't have to worry so much about about margins. We we need to stay focused on that working capital. And when we run out of working capital, that's when things really start to tighten up in in agriculture and the investment leaves and and 
you start to think about gloom and doom rather than what we're going to do to lock in and profit in the year ahead. How is the working capital situation out there for most guys? I'd say the working capital is really good right now. Uh, I know across our client base, it's excellent and it's improved a lot over the last two, two and a half years. Uh, the concern I would say with working capital is interest rates are so high yeah. that people are sitting on some cash, some, some good earned income from their farming operations. And rather than going to the bank and taking out a loan, because interest rates are so high, they're spending their cash. So they're going to deplete that working capital. Uh, and, and that means that they're not borrowing the money. They're using cash they've earned. But that could tighten things up and make it difficult as we move forward in time. So that'd be my only concern. Maybe a guy needs to watch how he spends his money or, or maybe if he's got to spend the money, maybe he looks at structuring some loans. Even though the interest is higher, you might be better off to have that strong working capital as we enter these tighter margins. Yeah, yeah. Do you think that's the right decision, using cash over, over, over an operating loan? Well, it just depends on how, how much cash you got, I guess, David, yeah. because, yeah. Yeah. you know, at the yeah. end of the day, you know, if you have a lot of working capital, yeah, go spend your working capital and borrow the money. Interest is high. But there's a point where you want to keep enough of that back so that you're in charge and not the banker. Yeah. You know, okay. you, as long as you have the cash and the working capital, you can do about anything. But if you get depleted on that, then you're kind of at the mercy of the banker and what he'll go with. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Speaking of something that the that the banks are going to be interested in, and that is the spring price on crop insurance. We're about halfway through the month. It feels like, um, you know, at the start of the month, we we were thinking, hey, if we could get an average close to that five eighty level in the D's corn, something close to, geez, I think we were talking about thirteen seventy, thirteen seventy five in the November beans. If we could just get close to that, that we'd be happy at the end of the month. It's not looking too bad, is it? Looks like we might get that. No, it's looking good. It's yeah. looking real good. I mean, December corn, about halfway through the pricing period here, um, you know, you got real strong averages above what you were speaking there. And, of yeah. course, beans have rallied here recently. So I think beans are trying to maybe get some acres. You know, we can't afford to go plant 94, 95 million acres of corn and not plant the beans as tight as this carryout is. So I think the beans are trying to garner some acres here uh, last couple of days, especially in new crop. Okay. Okay. And obviously as, as we get into the end of the month and that, and get closer to figuring out what that spring price is going to be, you need to incorporate that into your marketing plan some way, don't you? Yeah, you sure do. It, it'll be a it'll be one of those uh, pieces of the recipe for sure. Yeah, I think that you know as we see what the intentions report is, we always see movement in markets after that. If the market isn't satisfied with the acres that were bought, uh, it goes and gets more bought, right? So yeah. uh, we'll see that what happens here as we get into April and May when the planners start to roll, but. Uh, first, we got to get through the pricing, and then we got to get to the intentions report, and we'll see what we end up with. But acres are going to be tight this year. Yeah, yeah. It, 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 uh, it, tight for corn or tight for beans or tight for both? I think it's kind of a both deal. 
I mean, I, I think corn will pencil out better, but you know, at this 2.3, 2.35 ratio, it yeah. might favor corn a little bit, but not a lot. Um, you know, you start getting it to 2.1, that's a different story or 2.5 on the other side, 2.6. That's a different story. But where we're sitting now is kind of neutral territory in my opinion. Yeah, I think that's right. I, I do think that's right. What's the combined total, do you think? Are we are we going to get above $180 million this year? <laughs> Boy, I don't know. It's pretty tough. We should be up there in that 181, 182 range, right? But uh, yeah. it seems like that's been tough to do lately. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. But it's been tough. But, you know, maybe, uh, we'll, you know, I don't know how cotton acres are going to shake out. I could see them being somewhat lower depending on what cotton does here over the next you know, 45 day period, but you know, maybe we pick up some acres in the mid South too, but we need to grab some more acres of corn and some more acres of beans for these balance sheets. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it certainly feels that way, Darren. I, um, I think we could, I think we could pick up some acres out of the South, but the uh, sorghum's going to slide in there and get some acres. So we need to keep that in mind. So it, that's one of the, one of the things that will keep it from, uh, might make it more difficult to get over that 180. I love the way that you talked about the spring price. It's one piece of the risk management puzzle crop insurance is you still need to do a good job of marketing. We're going to talk about that next with Darren Fry, Water Street Solution, right here on AgriTalk. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Time now for news of note from Pro Farmer. Hot and dry conditions during the weekend led to strong drying across Argentina, raising crop stress in most areas. World Weather Inc. says Argentina will not receive much relief this week. Brazil's soybean harvest increased to 17% complete as of last Thursday, according to AgRural. Though that was still 7 percentage points behind last year, Safrina corn planting more than doubled to 25% done, though that lags last year's 42%. For the date, U.S. cotton producers intend to plant 11.4 million cotton acres this spring. That's down 17% from 2022, this according to the National Cotton Council's annual survey. The House is in a two-week recess. While the Senate is in session this week, the new Farm Bill timeline will get important information on Wednesday. News of note is taken from the pages of ProFarmer. Get more at TryProFarmer.com.
Opinions expressed on AgriTalk do not necessarily reflect the views of Farm Journal Broadcasting, affiliate stations, or sponsors. You're listening to AgriTalk, where the conversation begins. Join us at 855-4-TALK-AG. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip Flory. Glad that you're with us this afternoon. We are in the middle of a conversation with Darren Fry from Water Street Solutions. Before we get back to Darren, let's go ahead and recap where the markets closed, Davis. Chip, March hard red winter wheat futures were three and one quarter cents higher, but nine twelve and one quarter. March soft red wheat up six cents to seven ninety two. March spring wheat closed at nine thirty and three quarters, up one half cent. March corn futures were four and one half cents higher, but six eighty five. July corn closed at six sixty nine and one quarter up two and three-quarter cents. March beans were a quarter of a penny higher at 15.42 and three-quarters. July beans closed at 15.25 and a half. That's up three cents today. March cotton was 37 points higher at 85.64. Livestocks, April fat cattle, 115 higher, 165.10. March feeders were 80 cents higher at 187.20. And April hogs, $3, two and one-half cents higher at 86.35. That's your quick market recap. Huh? Big move. Back to you. Big move? Yes. Big move. Big move. Big move there in the hogs. Thank you, Davis. You bet. All right. Darren Fry, Water Street Solutions, is our guest analyst today. Darren, one of the things that you said at the in the last segment about input costs being sticky at the highs. Yes, absolutely. Uh, they, they will be slow to follow to the downside. But fertilizers have backed off the highs. Uh, chemicals. There's some. I'm I'm doing the air quotes here. Good deals that are being advertised out there right now. They're not great. Doesn't make it cheaper than than uh, than say two years ago. But it's it's cheaper than than what it was being advertised at earlier. I and the new crop prices have kind of hung in here. I kind of feel like maybe maybe. We've got the inputs already starting to roll over in here. Do you, do you get that feeling at all? Well, yeah, it depends on which ones. I mean, definitely, you know, fuel prices coming down. The yeah. sun, ones you mentioned, they're tied to fuel and energy, like the fertilizer and chem side. But when you think about land rents, you think about seed, you think about interest rates, yeah. labor, yep, yep, yep. Uh, those okay, are okay. staying up. And, and I think that you kind of got a mix here we're we're going to get cheaper than where we were six seven months ago but we're still more expensive than we we're a year and a half ago and so yeah. i think that's where kind of the rub is yeah good points good points excellent especially that interest rate side of things you know darren good grief we were at zero forever and now it, it's kind of hard to remember to talk about interest rates i know and and really if you look at a long-term chart this isn't even high yet right (laughs) that's what's really scary yeah yeah you got it man you got it um okay before we talk about some risk management what's the positioning in this market right now i know that we're missing some data um but but how do you feel the the funds are positioned in these markets and what should we what should we be watching for well i don't know if they have a lot more corn length than what they did on the last report but I would say bean length up some and meal length is also up some. Um, we probably a little less short just because of short covering that took place late last week. 
But overall, I would say the funds have a bigger position in beans and meal, probably slightly larger in corn, not much, and slightly smaller short in wheat. And I don't know when we're going to get that data, but obviously that data is important, and we haven't had it for a week and a half now. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes you forget how important it is until you don't get it for a week, and then you start to think. Yeah, yeah. Then then it's like you got to pay pay attention to the day to day estimates that are out there and sometimes right sometimes wrong and it, it's a little difficult to get it all figured out there's there's no question any yeah, those, warning any yeah, warning those, signs those based day-to-day on those day to day estimates yeah go, go ahead, go ahead and say that again is there any warning signs no i signs just can't say the day to day is so hard yeah <laughs> we're talking over each other sorry yeah, go ahead yeah no i'm one sorry one at a time please that. boys let's one at a time if we uh, <laughs> flag on the play <laughs> all right sorry Thank guys you. Sorry about that. And yeah, and thank you, Davis. Um, okay. So are there any warning signs in the positioning of the funds as we think it is right now? Well, I you know, I'm more bearish than what Jack was. I'm I'm a big bear right now. I haven't been proven right yet. You know, the harvest in South America is coming off a little slow. Obviously the dry weather in Argentina has not been fixed. Uh, there is some more rain coming in there this week. We had some good rains over the weekend, a little bit better than expected. But, hey, the markets haven't rolled over yet, and the funds still have a large position. So I, I do think that when it starts to crumble, that exit door is going to be pretty small, and I don't see why we wouldn't have a pretty big move lower in beans and meal. I'm talking old crop values here. But we got to see the spreads break, and, and that's the biggest thing is the spreads are really strong. We're inverted, both corn and beans. And um, one of the things that concerns me, uh, Chip, is, is, you know, we go to some farm shows, we talk to prospects, people that aren't as aggressively sold as us, and, you know, they're pretty bullish. And you have the highest prices ever for this time of year. You have no carry in the market, no incentive to store it other than a basis appreciation, and that's weakened over the last 30, 45 days. And the cost to carry it because of interest is humongous. Yeah. And so if we start to see the exit door be, you know, tripped by the funds and the farmer has to start unloading and we got next year's crop coming, I think this market could break faster than people think. And uh, right now we're pretty lax a days ago. We're just hanging out every day. We grind a little higher. So we feel pretty good right now. But that can change. And I would be concerned about that. Okay. What do you want – I'm not looking for anything specific. Here's exactly what you should go out and do. But I, it sounds to me like you want the guys to have some, some downside price risk in place. It's quite a bit of downside price risk. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah, you should have a certain amount sold here at these levels. Uh, obviously, we're very aggressive on our marketing. And, and then we have also, you know, bought puts, sold calls. We've done different strategies. But – We've been aggressively selling not only, uh, you know, out of the 22, but also 23 and even some 24, because I think the next move of significance is going to be lower into our May-June timeframe. I know things can go wrong in Brazil with Safrina and different things like that that could elevate us. But, you know, the corn demand is just stinky right now, and uh, we just continue to see it struggle. We're 35% behind a year ago, and this is our window to shine, and today's inspections weren't that great and our sales need to be 50, 55, maybe even 60 a week. 
to get us to where we need to be, or we're going to have more cuts from the USDA. So I'm really bearish corn on demand. And of course, beans, I think there's just a wall of beans coming in Brazil once we can accelerate that harvest. Okay. Okay. We talked acres a little bit ago here, Darren. What about the weather on top of those acres? Have you got a a feeling or what is your, uh, what, what's the longer term outlook that you are, are working into your plans? Well, I think, you know, we work with Eric Snodgrass. I know he's on your show from time to time and he's all around Twitter and, and all out yeah. there in the, in the marketplace, but also we work with Bam Kirk Hens over there exclusively, exclusively. Yeah. And, uh, you know, my guys just don't see those two guys don't see, um, huge problems for the 23 growing season. They, they say we're starting out on a deficit. We got a lot of dry areas still, these pockets of drought hanging over from last year. We need to see if spring rains cure those, but if spring rains cure those, um, with the way that La Nina has been lost here and El Nino is coming, uh, we could have some pretty big crops, uh, coming into 23. So, I'm working with a 52 on beans and a 181 on corn is what I'm working in my balance sheets. Oh, say those again. 52 on beans and 181 on okay. corn. Okay. Yeah. So trend line, maybe a touch more than trend line on beans and right at it on corn is what that feels like. So, uh, yeah, yep. makes, makes yep. a lot of sense in here and, and, so with those expectations, with what looks like is going to be an elevated spring price on revenue assurance, uh, yes. What what kind of what kind of a marketing plan are you looking at on the twenty three crops? We're one hundred percent priced or protected right now on twenty three. But if a person doesn't have sales, I would take a look at what their break-evens are and what type of insurance product they're going to take, but get some forward marketing done, uh, get some puts or short calls, long puts in place, something to protect the downside. I think there's just a lot of risk to the downside. And I see, you know, if, if things work out and they got to work out, it's, it's one day and one forecast at a time. But if the weather cooperates and we don't have a problem this year with our, you know, uh, moisture, like we did last year in the Western Corn Belt, you know, we're looking at 180 plus bushel yield and we're looking at carryouts could push 2 billion bushels, yeah. 2.1. And so you're looking at prices 475 this fall. So okay. there's plenty of downside risk here to protect in my opinion. Okay. Are we talking about like a 1250 bean market, $12? Uh, I'm looking at eleven seventy five to twelve and a quarter somewhere in there. Yeah. Okay. All right. And so, of course, that's the November. So. Yeah. Yeah. So when you say that you're that heavily covered, you're you're heavily covered on both corn and soybeans for the twenty three crop. Yep, we are, and we we're half basically um, we're one hundred percent sold on twenty four beans too. So we we haven't pushed out in the twenty four corn yet. We're protected. We haven't sold physical. We're just protected. And we think there's just downside risk here that a lot, you know, prices make us lackadaisical. You know, we get used to cheap prices. We never think it's going to rally again. That was 14 through 20, and now we're used to high prices, you know. So, got to switch it up. Lots to think about in that. Thank you, my friend. We will talk to you again soon. 
Thanks, Chip. Bye-bye. To produce higher yields and greater value at harvest, timing is everything. Full Scale from Helena helps soybeans reach their full potential with breakthrough foliar nutrition and reproduction. Full Scale delivers beneficial plant extracts and micronutrients with the added efficiency of ENC formulation technology. It gives your soybeans every opportunity to grow strong returns this season. Contact your local ag retailer or Helena representative to learn more about Full Scale. Always read and follow label instructions and check registration status before use. From powering irrigation engines to warming buildings, propane has always been a part of American farm life. Now, you can be a part of propane's future and save money at the same time. The Propane Farm Incentive Program is a research initiative that provides farmers up to $5,000 towards the purchase of new propane-powered equipment. In exchange, participants share performance data to make tomorrow's ag operations more cost-effective, more efficient, and more environmentally friendly with propane. Getting started is simple. Visit propane.com slash farm incentive to see if you're eligible. Ag Saver glyphosate, 53.8%, as low as $25.99 a gallon tote price when you pay cash and build a maximum qualifying FBN acre pack at FBN.com slash direct. Ends February 28th. Prices subject to change. T&C apply. Welcome back to AgriTalk. I'm Chip. Glad that you are with us this afternoon. Great conversation there with Darren Fry. Davis, um, yeah. I don't think we've had anybody step on the show and say that they've got uh, uh, that they have recommended covering 100 percent of your downside price risk in soybeans for 2024 crop. Not till today. Not until today. I'm. He's still got some flexibility in there. If the market would turn around and, or I shouldn't say turn around, would move higher, I'm sure that he can reopen upside price potential on that. Uh, but that is that is showing uh, commitment to a market outlook right there, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I, yep. So we're going to have to remember that and and get back to Darren and get an update later on on how that is working out. Okay. All right. Let's bring in Kerry Artak, Artak Advisory. Mr. Artak, how are you? I'm doing great, Chip. How are you doing? Thanks for having we're me, by doing- the way. We're doing real good, real good. Glad that you are are here. I hope everything's been going fine. And uh, let's go ahead and get started. What do you got going in May soybeans? Uh, May soybeans. I've got, well, we closed today at 1536 even. Uh, any downside uh, retracement, I don't I don't see a sign of it uh, near term. But if we've happened to fall into the 1474 half area over the next few weeks, and we could, um, 1474 half is a pretty solid base of long-term support for the May contract. May well actually contains selling through the balance of May contract life, in other words, into May expiration. And we're actually, uh, I call it constructive above. Um, there is long-term resistance way above the market on the weekly chart. It goes back several years at 1644 even. I'm not anticipating that unless we can close above 1589 and three quarters. So the way I'm framing May soybeans in the near term is a 1474 half floor of support that can contain selling into expiration, above which we can, over the coming weeks, reach 1589 and three quarter, where we could actually top out on a monthly basis and perhaps fall off from there into expiration. But it would be a settlement above 1589 and three quarter that would signal 1644 even. There's a couple of channel formations that are converging right now there. They're going to be in the 1640s for the next month or two. 
And that is a zone of long-term resistance that whether it's the May contract or the July contract that may ultimately test 1644 even, that area could contain buying into possibly through summer trade. And not unless we get above 1644 even okay. do I expect a significant rally in the bean market as we move into summer trade. If, on the other hand, downside, we were to close below 1474 half, I see a good high through the balance of May contract life. 14.28 and a quarter then expected over the following three to five weeks or so where we could actually bottom out into expiration. On to May wheat, we are right in the precipice of a meaningful long-term buy signal. By long-term, I'm talking two to three months out. I've got 7.99 even all week. We settled today at 800.75, just too close to call. But if we settled the week Friday, let's say above 7.99 even, I've got a two to three month buy signal to 9.25 half. That 799 even is really a channel structure that goes back to November. So it's about four or five months in the making. And if we close above it, it's a pretty classic buy signal up to 925 half, two to three months, I think the market would take to get up there. That would put us into spring, later spring, where we could actually top out into summer trade. And once again, whether this is May or the July contract, 925 mm -hmm. half will be a significant long-term resistance area. Okay. If we can't hold these levels and we fall off and settle the week below 7.99, even the market is susceptible over the next two to three weeks to falling back to 7.05, even where the May contract can bottom out through March and 7.05 even as a significant downward pivot point into spring. I don't see it anytime soon, but if we did close below 7.05 even, 5.75 even a 5.90 even wouldn't surprise me over the following two to three months. And finally, April lean hogs. We spent a couple of weeks now testing a significant floor of long-term support presently at 82.97. And just today, we closed above a key resistance area. So I've been telling my lean hog letter subscribers, 82.97, yeah. good bottom picking territory territory all the way into April expiration because from here we can rally nicely and the settlement today above 86.12 tells me that we're likely to reach 90.75 over the next two or three weeks and quite possibly 95 even by April expiration. It was less than two months ago that we were in the 95.96 handle for the yeah. April contract. So we have the ability to rally back just as um, just as fiercely as we descended over the yeah. last couple of months. And today's settlement, today's settlement above 86.12 is a hint of what may be coming. Now, all bets are off if we close below 82.97 at the end of the week. Then I think we've got about a three to five week sell off to 76.95 where the April contract can bottom out into its expiration. And that pretty much rounds it out, Chip. All right, very good. Hey, I'll take a V bottom in these hogs. Boy, that they've been trading recently here, Carrie. I'd love to see some strength. So. Me too. You know, the lean hog index too is approaching long term support that I've been targeting for months, and that was just last week. So okay. there seems things seem to be lining up for for upside in the lean, lean hog Fantastic. market. Fantastic. Fantastic. Very good. Okay, go to artacadvisory.com. That's a r t a c advisory.com. And right there on the front page, you will see, are you ready for tomorrow's markets? And a green button below that. Click on that, and Kerry will get you started on a two-week free trial to his daily service. Kerry, thanks, my friend. We'll talk to you Thank later. Thank you, sir. Appreciate you it. You betcha. All right. All right. Take care now. Bye-bye. Kerry Artak, Artak Advisory. Davis, real quick. Yes. Uh, National Weather Service 6- to 10-day outlook has got above-normal temperatures Okay. For Wisconsin, most of Iowa, you got to take northwest Iowa out of there where they are looking for near normal temperatures. The very southeast corner of of uh, Nebraska 
Eastern Kansas, Oklahoma, Texas, and points to the east of that are looking at above normal temperatures. North Dakota, South Dakota, western Nebraska, and points to the west are looking at below normal temperatures at that time. And as we talked about with Brett Waltz from BAMWX.com this morning, Mm -hmm. a Mm -hmm. much more active um, uh, period, active pattern ahead of us. Above normal precipitation, especially over southern Wisconsin, eastern Iowa, uh, call it eastern Missouri, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, uh, looking at above normal precipitation across the entire Corn Belt, uh, but especially in that area that I just outlined. Six, The 8 to 14 day, this is for February 21 through the 27th, has got the below normal temperatures pushing in from the west, but we continue to be active with above normal precip across the Corn Belt. Tomorrow morning, Representative Sam Graves, Dan Bossy, and U.S. Senator Roger Marshall right here on Agritalk.